Hello again, everybody, and welcome to an all-new episode of the Wrestling Time Machine. I'm your host, Mac Davis, along with legendary pro wrestling journalist, Mr. Bill Apter, and WWE Hall of Famer, Teddy Long. Hey, guys. <laughs> and who are See, you? You you were you waiting. You were waiting for me to screw up. I can I can just I can hear Teddy going. He's going to mess it up. You are you've already screwed up before we even started. That oh, yeah, just right. didn't, that, didn't that's see before it. we started. That By doesn't way, count. I got, new, I got a new can of Tic Tac. Ah, Charo is here. Is that what was that, was that her name? Charo Charo. What was that lady's name that used to do the See, little see yeah. what I'm saying? There you Charo. go. He was. <laughs> The second or third wife of Xavier Cougat. Yeah, I don't know who that is. That was a, a Latin American musician who was very famous. She married she, him. She, look here, I remember as a kid, I mean, when she would shake, I'd watch. She'd go, coochie, 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 coochie. Do you remember her, Teddy? Yeah. Charo? Yeah. Charo, yeah, I remember her. All right, yeah. here's your trivia question. She was on a talk show probably twice a month. Who was the host of the talk show? Oh, I know who it is. And he discovered her. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna say Johnny Carson. Is that who you're no, no not Johnny, because I know she was on Johnny quite a bit. Who, who are you talking no. about then? Merv Griffin. Yeah, that was before my time. That was before Johnny. Oh, he invented Jeopardy, actually. He was the he invented Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, and a whole bunch of other quiz shows. Yeah. I, I wonder if he invented wrestling. That's what we're supposed to be talking about, right? So let's get into it. <laughs> Oh, is that what this is about? Yeah, wait, we got a birthday this week. We got uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin celebrating a big birthday this week. Um, yeah. You guys, any uh, stories with Steve Austin uh, during also, your Also, by the way, Trish Stratus, same day. Oh, really? Well, same happy birthday. Day. Hey, Trish, happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking fine for your age. Let me tell you something. Doesn't she? Oh, my Ooh. God. Yeah, she. Uh, when I saw her at uh, WrestleMania, I think it was, or Wrestle. One of these things we went to, she was just absolutely stunning. And I I really expected to see an older lady with heavy makeup on and really trying to hide the age. No, 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 no. This lady carries her age so well. And it's all a testament to eating and drinking the right things, taking care of her body and all the aerobics and stuff that she had done. Uh, she's just an incredible lady. All right, Steve Austin, though. Let's talk about Steve Austin. Bill, you got any memories uh, with Steve Austin? We've never really I, talked about I, him. I, I talk about him all. I talk to him maybe once a month. I Do you really? Yeah. And what's yeah. he up to now? You remember the series of interviews I did with him last year for yep. Sportskeeda. Bottom line, son, is he's a good guy. He says what's on his mind. And he's my friend. So what do you want to know? Well, I just didn't know if you had any personal stories, maybe behind the scenes or something that happened with you and him uh, over no, the he's, years. He's always, he's always been great to me. He, uh, <clears throat> uh, Despite the ban of the wrestling magazines that weren't allowed to talk to the talent or take pictures or interview them, he'd still talk to me. Still, he and I would call and, yeah, just all around great. What you see, what you see of Steve Austin is what you get. He's genuine and he has a good time with his life. Teddy, you knew uh, probably Steve back in the early days before he became Stone Cold Steve Austin because he was in WCW uh, for a period of time uh, and, and actually formed a tag team uh, with uh, uh, Brian Pillman uh, for the Fabulous Blondes. Do you recall uh, Steve in the early days? No, I don't. No. Uh, I, I, 
I was back there, you know, and I remember him coming in and stuff, but, you know, I was just so involved in my own stuff, you know what I mean, till I didn't really get to know him until I started working in the WWE. And What are you uh, fussing about, Bill? I, you know, I've been with the magazine since 1970. Mm-hmm. Before he was Stone Cold or anything, when he was just Steve Austin in uh, back in Texas with Jeannie, I was photographing them and traveling with them back but then. But I wasn't talking to you. I was talking well, I know, to but you, 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 I know, but what you're doing is you're asking, you're asking me about Steve Austin. I didn't know you wanted to go way back. Well, it's the time machine. Where else are we supposed to go? I lost it. That's it. <laughs> My bad. Uh, well, but, now I will try and get back to what I was trying to say. <laughs> go ahead, Teddy. <laughs> uh, and uh, like I said, I only met Steve and I became real good friends when I started in the WWE. And uh, I have a whole lot of respect for him. In fact, me and him was so cool. He named he gave me this little special name. He always see me call me Blackbird, and that was that was his. <laughs> Did that he was really? his nick- yeah, wherever you see him, you tell him Taylor Long says Blackbird. And uh, the other thing that he did for me, he was like Gerald Briscoe. He pulled me off to the side one day and he told me how much Vince liked me, and he sh- told me don't mess this up. It was he was another one that came to me and let me knew that, and he didn't have to do that like. Briscoe didn't have to, so that's why I respect him as of the day, and he was always good friends with me, and thank you, Steve, and happy birthday, player. Let me yeah, ask you Do you know you where about- he got his name from, Mac? Where? Do you know where the Stone Cold came from? No, tell us. He was sitting at breakfast one morning. He and his wife, Jeannie, at the time, were trying to come up with an, a name when he signed to go into WWE, and uh, his coffee, he had taken his cup and he said, damn, this coffee's stone cold. And she looked at him and said, ooh, stone cold. And that, that's how it happened. That's your name, yeah. True story wow. here. Wow, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, uh, somebody else in WWE uh, got in a little bit of trouble uh, in the last week here. Liv Morgan has found herself uh, in some trouble because she was pulled over and arrested for possession of weed. In the car, um, which I don't think in the WWE, I don't even know that. I think weed's no longer on their uh, do not do list or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think they actually added it back on saying we're not going to, you know, get you in trouble for that. But it, it, have you heard anything, updates at all, Bill, about Liv Morgan's situation? I have, I have not. Um, it's unfortunate that when something like that happens that it's, and it's a celebrity like she is in the wrestling business, that it's blabbed all over the place on the internet so yes. well, let, me, let me ask you this where was yeah. she arrested at somewhere in florida and i thought in florida is florida not a legal state for weed well i don't know uh i know that there are uh, some dispensaries there you know what i mean i do know yeah. that but i i don't know about the legal part of it but what I'm saying, you know, they, I don't know why people are making such a big deal out of her being arrested for marijuana. Marijuana, what, out 10 states, the stuff's legal. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if she ain't selling no weed or she wasn't caught with no pounds and kilos and nothing, you know, who, I mean, who cares? Well, I don't understand the, the problem. So, sometimes I think it's that uh, we, we focus on it's the wrong celebrity. things, uh, you know, on people and we start trying to, 
uh, there are other other ways of taking care of business other than that. Although I think she was driving, just to make this clear, I believe she was driving yes. erratically, yes. and that oh. is why she was pulled over. Uh, so I'm not going to say that she wasn't at the wrong. She she may have been at the wrong, but yeah, being well, busted for possession is kind of crazy. If well, it's just a little bit. Well, here's what you got to look at too. I didn't know all that, but she was driving erratically. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that what why she was pulled over. So she did that to herself. So maybe by her driving erratically, she may have been under the under the influence of more than marijuana. May have been alcohol involved in there somewhere. I don't I think know. They just said it was marijuana, as far as I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah. Teddy, back in your day, uh, traveling up and down the road, I would imagine if uh, you know if if cops were handing out tickets for smoking weed in the car, you probably would have uh, had a lot of tickets flying around, would you not? <laughs> oh well, well we'd, I, the truck would have been overloaded with tickets. We wouldn't have. Who <laughs> <laughs> would have been paying the most money for those tickets, Teddy? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. You know, we, everybody would have to just chip in. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe it would have been Jake the Snake. You never know. Never know. Never know. Yeah. <laughs> Earl Hebner. I saw this the other day, and uh, I, I, I like to hear this because, I, you know, last time I saw Earl, I didn't even ask him this, but he now says that he and Bret Hart have finally made amends for the Montreal screw job. In fact, let me, I, I got actually what he said here. Let me tell you what he said. You. This is concerning Earl Hebner and Bret Hart over the uh, Montreal incident that took place, you know, the, the screw Montreal job. screw job. You can and he that. said, quote, for a long time, it honestly bothered me. It was bad for me, you know, because I carried it with me for a lot of years. We met one time at an airport and I wanted to talk to him. And he said, I don't want to talk to you. And I said, can I talk to you for a minute? And he goes, I don't want to talk. I said, okay. So I let it go, and that was it. And as time went on, you know, it finally worked out well. We got to see each other and communicate. Uh, so it seems that their fences are now mended. I didn't realize it had taken that long for Earl and Brett to mend those fences. And it really just came down to communication and actually sitting down talking about the whole thing. Does it surprise you, Bill, that this uh, incident from all those years ago is still so hot of a topic? No, not at all, because every time I – do Q&As anywhere, and I have an open session of fans asking questions, the Montreal Screwjob always comes up. It's still a hot topic because nobody really knows who knew what when at that point. They really didn't. And, and, and that's what I was going to say too, Bill. It will never die until the truth finally comes out. And that right now, that hasn't come out yet. But I wanted to speak on that, too. I'm, I'm really glad that if, if that is true, that Earl and Brett have, uh, you know, come together and let this go. You know what I mean? Because, like you say, our business is a work and it's also a shoot, too. So, I mean, you know what I mean? I can I can understand the position that Earl Hebner was in. You know, how can you you can't tell Vince? No, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you, that's just something you don't do. I, I And I was there. I was part of that when I had to do that thing with Taker, when I had to get in that coffin. I didn't want to do that. I'm telling you, brother, I did not want to do that. And I thought several times about not doing it. But then I said this would do it. So how, in the world, how can I say what I'm not going to do when the boss would do it? So. You know, you just have to come to grips. It's your job, and, you know, you did what the boss said, and I think Brett understands that now, too, because Brett probably might have been in that position, too. He he might not have been able to say no to Vince. You know what Teddy, I mean? There's, so, probably, there's probably a lot of fans 
Well, of, of the younger age who don't know what you're talking about regarding the Undertaker coffin thing. Could you caps encapsulize that for us? Oh, well, uh, the, I had a storyline with the Undertaker where Taker uh, kidnapped me, as so to speak, and he and then when he kidnapped me, he took me to the, to, to the bottomless pit or to hell or wherever it was. And then once I come back, then what they did, they thought the Druids, with the fans thought the Druids had kidnapped Taker, and they thought Taker was in the casket. So that's how I ended up being in the casket. And you were actually in the casket because CM Punk, is that, was he the I one was, was in involved? the casket and I came down, once the Druids rolled me down, then CM Punk came and he's the guy that opened up the casket thinking Taker was in there, but then there I was and, you know, it wasn't Taker. And if you watch close, too, and Teddy, uh, I'll let you tell this story. There's actually a little secret that if you watch that coffin before it ever comes open, there's a little gap there for a reason. Teddy, can you explain what happened? Yeah, I, that little gap was there, so I wouldn't suffocate. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I couldn't breathe, you know, and so yeah. there's no, you know, when you're in a coffin, you're you're dead, so you don't have to worry about breathing. So <laughs> yeah. they're not designed for people that are alive. So yeah. I had to take my finger and I just did, did just a little bit, just push it up just a little, so people couldn't see it, so I could get a little air in there, and that's a, that's the truth. <laughs> wow, what a great story. I never heard that. Can you imagine yeah. being claustrophobic and and actually having to get in there and do that and be shut in in the dark and not be able to breathe? I'm surprised you did. I'm surprised you didn't pop out of that coffin halfway down the ramp to the ring and scare everybody well, half to death. <laughs> it didn't bother me, you know what I mean? Because once we got to going with it and I had that little tilt where I could breathe and I could hear the reaction of the people, that's all I was worried about. Yeah. Am I making this work? And then I could hear the reaction, and so I know everything was going good. So I was just having the time of my life because I was making Vince and Taker happy. Speaking of reactions, AJ Styles has now returned to WWE and is looking. I, I don't know if you guys had a chance to see it, but AJ Styles, probably the best shape I have ever seen him in. I mean, yes. he is. He's got the best muscular build I have ever seen on AJ. Yep. And I knew AJ way back in the early days. Uh, <clears throat> Teddy, you probably do too, because he was in Georgia quite a bit working on the indies. Uh, and he crossed paths with me. I think it was in Milledgeville, I believe it was, where we may have uh, worked together on a show. Back and he was just a young Bill guy. Then. Bill Barron's was booking him back then. Yes, Bill Barron's. Uh, and I think he actually he worked with him all the way up until this time into WWE, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, but AJ Styles, Bill, when he came out, did you notice the big difference in AJ? Oh, he, not only was he tan, but his build was incredible. For I've never, I've known AJ since the day he started. Never seen him cut like this. Yep. Never. Yeah, as, as the, this, in the biggest I've seen him too. If you wanted the truth of the matter, as he cut big, he just looks like he like he took advantage of his time off and i think that's one thing that the wrestlers have a problem with and i'll get right to you teddy but a lot of wrestlers will take that time off and when they take the time off they don't work out if you can get yourself in better shape and rehab that body and get it back to where it needs to be take advantage of that time but a lot of times guys come back and it's like what did you just sit in a chair the entire time you've been gone aj came back and teddy he looked incredible well i know aj known him for a long time so you know he's kind of like me he's a gym rat you know what I mean? So you can't sit around and, and, and not do anything to, with your body. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, to I mean, after so many years, you know, I don't know about other people. I'm just saying about me. It, it, this has become like a drug to me. This is a habit. If I don't do this, I am not right. 
okay, I don't have a great day. My body aches, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> when I want to quit hurting, I go to the gym and I lift and do my cardio. And I, when I leave, I feel 100% better. Teddy, do you, did you ever work with AJ in the early days on the Georgia Indies? I worked with him on a couple of shows. Uh, I don't remember what they were, but they were real. That's before he even went to TNA. Yes, yes. This is back in the time when I probably knew him, and he was working those indies, and he was still young, but, man, he was so incredible. There was no doubt he would go somewhere. I mean, the second you saw him, you just knew it. Yeah. But the big shock to me was when he turned and attacked L.A. Knight. That shocked me. Nothing I ever would have expected. No, and, and it came out of nowhere because, you know, he first came in and you thought everything was over with. And then he turns around and gets L.A. Knight out of nowhere. And he's like, what the hell just happened? But uh, but, but that's what we need. Yes, that's right. what we need. People have not been shocked since CM Punk. So while yeah. you got them, keep them. You know what I mean? As soon as they got shocked with CM Punk, here comes AJ. But does the thing with L.A. Now you got a two shocker. So tell me they ain't getting ready for WrestleMania. Look, I want to tell you something that I I was watching uh, Raw the other night, and I truly believe that we are at the closest roster uh, to what Attitude Era had where everybody was a star. Because right now in WWE, nearly everybody, not everybody, but they're getting up there. But most of that roster right now is just doing incredible work. And the storylines are good. The matches are good. They're doing everything right. And the last time I saw that, when they were competing with one another, which is what they're actually doing in that ring right now against one another, these guys remind me of what it was like in the Attitude Days, when they fought for their characters and fought for the position in that company to be on TV. And I love seeing that. Yeah, You and me both. Kenny Omega. Yeah, well, getting back to that, I mean, I'm just saying, not to keep dwelling on it, but like you said, I think they're doing the right thing now. Uh, Attitude error, certainly you can see resemblance of that, you know, coming back, and it's just just real good work, man. It's good stuff. Is it my imagination? And, you know, I know you loved uh, Vince, Teddy, and and Bill, I, I know how you are about wanting to say anything bad, but I truly feel like since Vince is gone, WWE's product has gotten better. Okay, that that might be true, but the guy that's in charge, who did he learn all that from? Well, I agree. I just that, wonder, answer my question. Who did he, he learn? He that learned from? it from Vince. Yes. Okay, I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, all right. Okay, I, you're, Kenny you're Omega. Right. They brought more with Triple H. Sorry, Kenny. I'm trying. Of, with with <laughs> Triple H in charge of creative. <laughs> <laughs> Tic Tac went down the line. I'm wrong spreading way. that COVID. No, it's this. <laughs> the Tic Tac. With, with, yeah, with uh, Triple H in charge of creative now, you're seeing more traditional wrestling in a lot of the show than just kicking and punching and putting over an angle. Kenny Omega uh, inside AEW is out indefinitely right now. Uh, he ended up in the hospital. I just saw him cut a promo like a week ago with Chris Jericho in the ring. And, I mean, right after he left that show, he ended up in the hospital with diverticulitis. Uh, yes. that almost got him in really bad shape. And he's going to be out for quite some time now. I think they said it would be sometime and maybe after the first quarter of 2024. What, what is that? I, Bill, do you, I'm not really I had sure. It. I can tell you. I had it. Oh, I had can it. tell you. Did and you Brock, really? It kept, it, yes. And it kept Brock Lesnar 
out That's for right. a long time. My dad actually died from complications of it. It's, a, it's your in, intestines become infected. Uh, a lot of people who eat popcorn and seeds and stuff like this and overdo it, your intestines get inflamed. And if you have it really bad, sometimes they have to open you up, take out a piece of your intestine and then put your the other two pieces back together again. Um, mm. I had it twice, three times. The third time they wanted to do the surgery. And one of my best friends who's a gastroenterologist, uh, um, Dr. Rick Gusenberg, told me if you have this done, you're going to have the surgery. You might have to wear a bag your whole life. Um, a I colostomy think, bag, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I know Lesnar had it really, really, really bad, which is why he was out for a long. And I, as I mentioned, my dad, my dad's went from diverticulitis to diverticulosis, which is when it infects your whole body, <clears throat> and it becomes sepsis in his body, and and he died. That was back in 1985. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, I know what it is. I, I know it's painful, and I do know that uh, if I understand the, the the reports are accurate, that uh, Kenny does have a bag right now. He's got to carry for a period of time. I didn't uh, hear that. He may have had the surgery. I don't know. Yep. Uh, somebody else that got hurt too is uh, Charlotte Flair, and I saw this accident. She was in a wrestling match with Oscar, and they were on the top ropes trying to uh, finish a maneuver. And when Oscar went up to get her, they slipped. It looks like they may have slipped. And Charlotte's leg came across that top rope kind of funny. And she's got a torn ACL now. Uh, and she's going to be out for nine months. That means yeah. no WrestleMania for Charlotte Flair. That means there could be some changes in what we see uh, in the female side of wrestling uh, for WrestleMania. Bill, where do you think they're going to go? <clears throat> well, first of all, I think if Charlotte can in any way, shape, or form, even on crutches, I think she'll show up there. Hopefully. Hopefully. She wants to be there. Um, that, hard that's to what I was gonna, yeah, Bill, you're right. That's what I was going to say, too, man. Maybe around WrestleMania time, maybe she's out of the hospital. Even if she can't, you know, get in the ring, she'll be there, you know, on crutches or however she has to get there. She'll certainly be a part of it. She well, should, she, she she's going to be there. <clears throat> she'll be doing something because uh, she's making some good jack right now. Uh, she just re-signed with WWE. Fightful Select had uh, sent mm -hmm. out a report saying that uh, – her contract now is for a multi-year contract and makes her the highest paid female uh, contract ever in WWE. So she's now getting the, the big money and she reportedly also gets a travel bus. So she, she's got the sweetheart deal right now. That's, I mean, that's big time when you're getting the travel bus with a nice pay increase. And they said the increase in her pay was substantial. So congratulations that's to sweet. Charlotte. She deserves everything she gets. As I mentioned when people ask me about the number one, even though she doesn't have the belt, but the number one athlete, female athlete in WWE, it's her, period, the end. Oh, she, she's absolutely probably the most athletic individual they have. Uh, yeah. Maybe even, look, she can compete with some of those guys on the, uh, you know, when it comes to athleticism, because uh, she could put some of those guys to shame. Uh, she's just that well trained. Oh, so. she's a, wait a minute, what did, her injury was to her foot? It's a torn ACL, is what they said. So I guess right. when she came across that top rope, whatever happened, it must have snapped something when she hit that rope. No, I was going to put it all together and say maybe she's got a bad case of athlete's foot, but I'm not going to say that. 
Yeah. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> moving right along. Here. All right, we've got a few minutes left, and I want to throw something in here that uh, Sports Kita didn't ask, but I'm going to ask you guys because I saw somebody give a list recently that I, actually I was like, I've never thought of this list before. You guys may have, but I haven't. There's a you know everybody wants to know the Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Who are the you know the top four faces that pit on Mount Rushmore? And, and we've talked about that before. But here's one I've never thought of, and I actually had to sit down and kind of cons- you know make my own list. But when it comes to the Mount Rushmore, who are your two, four top tag teams that would go on Mount Rushmore? And uh, it, it's a lot harder than it sounds. I'm gonna give you my four, give you guys time to just kind of think about your top four. Um, but my top four tag teams, just over all the years of wrestling, this is not current or anything else. It's just over all the years for me was Doom, Midnight Express, Rock and Roll Express, and the Road Warriors. That was my four top tag teams. I'm curious what you guys would have chose. Well, you took mine just then. And the only one Same I thing. didn't, you just, well, I, I, I didn't have the Road Warriors in there. I had yep. Rock and Roll, Midnight Express, I had Doom, and I had, uh, uh, there's another tag team, that, uh, the, the Nikita and Ivan, the Kolos. Yep, and there's one. I see. I got a whole list. I was about to go over two and, and name some other ones. Bill, how about you? The the original fabulous kangaroos, Al Costello and Roy Heffernan. You're going, going way, way back, back in the time machine. Going way way back in the time machine because that's you know the era that uh, I grew up in. Road yep. Warriors, absolutely. Um, Mr. Fuji and Professor Tanaka. Ooh, another good one. Way back. Yeah, one more. Um, yeah, let me think uh, of who. Uh, um, wow, I'm trying. I'm thinking way back. I'm thinking the Briscoes, but they were more known as as single wrestlers. Jack and Jerry. I'm talking about um, the Bast. I the Red Bastine and Lou Klein were known as the Bastine brothers. When I was a kid, they, along with Mark Lewin and Don Curtis, flip flop either one. Those would be mine. All right. Now, after we've all given our, our things, and we're all fairly similar, except Bill, yours are a little bit older, which oh, wait is understandable. Oli and Gene Anderson. Yep. But, but you've already given me four. You've already given me four. The Minnesota Record Group. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that, I will take out one of my choices, um, uh, the Bastine Brothers, and I will put in Oli and Gene Anderson. All right. Now, let me give you the other tag teams that we didn't mention. The Dudley Boys. One of the most de- decorated tag teams of all time. Another name we missed. The Fabulous Freebirds. Another great tag team. The Heart Foundation. But they were three. They were three people. But still, they they that was Freebird rules. That's why. Oh. <laughs> Once but, again, uh, they were three people, Matt. But still, that but but they always wrestled. What do we it. have to do to try? I'm, I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> <laughs> the the other tag teams include the Heart Foundation, which is another huge tag team from uh, back in you know the Attitude Era and even before that. The three Hardys. Again. The three Hardys. You forgot about the Hardys. You got well, now, there's there's one there's there's one that I really I kicked myself in the head after I made my list and I started looking at the other tag teams. And the one that I kicked myself in the head that I missed was the Steiners. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. How do you not remember the Steiners as one of the great tag teams? I mean, that's the kind of thing. When you start looking back at the tag teams, you realize Harlem Heat, another fantastic tag team. Great. That's right. Wild Samoans, another great tag team. Mega Powers, Hogan and Savage. You'd run out of rock trying to put all these people. Hogan and Savage was not a regular tag yeah. team. Yeah. And if you want to talk about tag teams, then I can put myself over a little bit too. You know, I tagged up with The Rock and Jack Doan against Rikishi. You yep. remember that? Yep. <laughs> I, 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 look, look, Teddy Long can really wrestle. Uh, if you want Wait, to see what a about great Doom? match. What about Doom? Oh, I mentioned well, I, Doom. Yeah, Doom was I on my up list. With them. I did a I did a, a six man with them one time overseas against the Dudleys. It was Devon and uh, Bubba and uh, Spike. Did wow. you go through a table? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Get the table steady. <laughs> One of the best matches I have ever seen. You need to go on to uh, the WWE Network, Peacock, wherever it is now, and uh, pull up the match with Teddy Long versus Eric Bischoff. One of the best oh. matches you will ever see. That, <laughs> that was just horrible. Okay? <laughs> that was just horrible. Thank God Never for the boogeyman. He come and save the day. Cause <laughs> I, I meant to bring that up when we had uh, Eric on our uh, road trip was, after our podcast. At that time, because I was so nervous. I don't know, you know, what halfway what I'm doing, you know, and I want. I said, Lord, I can't mess up. With this is going to ring me out. So I, I was just wanting that to get over with, man. But well, uh, let me ask you: now that you mentioned that, you're afraid that Vince is going to ream you out after that match. Um, when you got in the back, what did uh, Vince say? He's laughing. Oh, he thought it was funny. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he, it was. It was very entertaining. It was. Right. A, it was. It was very much a train wreck. If you guys are wondering, go look it up. You'll enjoy yeah. the match. <laughs> and then, like I said. Teddy said it was entertaining. That's what Vince wanted. It, and what I'm saying, it may have been better than what I'm thinking. I've always been so critical of my own work. I, so I don't know that it was that entertaining either. I, I love Teddy's no. work. That was not some of his best work. I promise. No, you. no, no. <laughs> no it wasn't. costume. Was huh? he in his karate outfit? Hmm, he was wearing a tracksuit. If I'm, is, is that's that right? it. That's all I had. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a, uh, it, it was something else. All right, that's it. We're out of time, guys. Uh, look, I, I don't know when this is going to air, but uh, if I don't see you two before uh, Christmas gets here, Merry Christmas and Merry Christmas to everyone who's watching or listening to us. We certainly appreciate the fact that you're here and and hope you have a fantastic holiday with your family. And guys, I hope you do too. Oh yeah, you man. Too. Thank you so much. Same to you, man. Happy holidays to you and Bill and to all your families and to everybody right over at Sports Kita and all you guys over there. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to to them and their families. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That's it. We're out of time. I'm Mac Davis, and this has been the Wrestling Time Machine. My two co-hosts that'll be back again next week are WWE Hall of Famer Teddy Long and of course our pro wrestling journalist, <laughs> Mr. Bill After. We'll see you next week. Well, We'll see you Holla. in the matches. <laughs> All right. That was fun. That was yeah, fun. that's what I was going to say. Another fun show. Max can't one. find the turn the recording off button. No, because I'm, when I get full screen, it doesn't show it to me. So I have to